It makes sense on so many different levels. It checks so many different boxes that I'm just not gonna knock the guy because he doesn't look like Julio Jones. Wow, breaking news here, folks. Garrett Downing's about to be public enemy number one. You draft like a four-year-old. <laughs> you like Cookie Crisp and Fruity Pebbles. Welcome into the lounge. I'm back, Garrett. It's about a little vacation. It's about time. How long was this vacation? Three weeks. I was surprised when you came into work the other day that you even knew how to get here. I, I thought they maybe took away your key card access. You do and kind that, of forget the little things, you know, like little passwords, on, you know, people's phone numbers that you have memorized. Even a week off, my brain just goes in the shutdown mode. Well, I was, I was amazed that when you got back, you literally did not know how to log into your computer. You had no idea how to log into that your computer. That was because I didn't do the security training. You got I in got here. locked out. You got in here on Monday or Tuesday or whatever day you got back, and then you try to log into your computer, and you are incapable of doing it. I had to call IT to teach you how to sign into your computer. That's because I didn't do the security I guess that's what happens when you take a month off. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Good to be back. Good to be back. And with that, uh, we're, we're going to get to some important stuff today. Top of the list being our serial draft. Yes. We've long talked about this. We've teased it a couple times. And today's the day that we're going to do the serial draft because you know what? The NFL draft is coming up. But the more important than that yeah. is ranking our favorite serials. Yeah. Well, we've, we've had, you know, our drafts are part of the favorite, part of our favorite thing of doing this podcast. I think we it's get really the, the main reason why we basically do this podcast. The, the podcast is a vehicle to do more of these drafts. <laughs> and we get, it's so funny, you know, we'll get emails from from listeners with questions or discussions or those types of things but there nothing touches a nerve quite like one of these random drafts cookie draft the halloween candy draft there's always pizza draft pizza Pizza draft that always ends up being the thing that we get talked about more than anything else yes true uh with that said why don't we get into some listener questions how do how do uh, fans email us What's the email, right? They can get us at, I, I forgot. I'm yeah, exactly. I'm about to put you to the test here. <laughs> the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Yeah, we're, do, we're honestly doing a lot of draft talk today. Um, if you guys, I'm sure, uh, saw it, the pre-draft press conference was earlier this week with Eric Costas, you knew some John Harbaugh, Joe Ortiz. Um, so some really good stuff came out of that. Yeah. So the draft, and we're, we are do, honestly doing the serial draft as well. Yeah, the, there's both. There there's are both. both. Right. Um, but... Some good questions this week, so we really want to give you guys a voice. So uh, this first question today, uh, this one comes from Zach in Sacramento. And he says, uh, Making Garrett, is it just me or does it seem like everyone has hopped off the Alex Collins hype train now that the draft is around the corner? He rushed for 895 yards in less than a full season last year. He showed decent hands out of the backfield. Do you think the Ravens can justify drafting a running back with the, with a pick in the first three rounds? Oh, yeah. Should Collins be given the opportunity to be the full-time starter? Yes, he should be given that opportunity. Uh, but yes, I think you can definitely justify taking a running back in the first three rounds as well. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I like Alex Collins. I do think that he could be the Ravens starter next year, and I think he could be good. I think he can put up you know, 1,000 yards next year. I like what I've seen. But I'm also not yet to the point where I'm pushing all the chips into the center of the table and saying, I want... I think Alex Collins is going to be the Ravens' workhorse back for the next three years. Uh-huh. You know, like like I would for Ronnie Stanley, right? I'm not ready to draft a left tackle, but you're project ready. a left tackle, maybe a right tackle. Are you right? Uh, <laughs> in round one, I'm not. I don't need Marlon Humphrey's replacement. Yeah, right. Because Marlon is going to be the starter for the next three years. Yeah. 
Alex, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready to push all the chips into the center of the table that way. I guess I'm not ready to push all the chips in the center of the table. I also think that it doesn't hurt to have multiple good running backs. For sure. Um, but with that said, I don't think that running back is a big priority. I think that as you go through, would it shock me if they draft one on the first two days of the draft? It would not yeah. shock me. It would yeah. not shock me. But I don't think that I would be disappointed if they don't. I have said many times, and I think that I lean more on the Alex Collins train than you do. I think that I've expected him to be a thousand yard rusher last year, th this year. I really liked what I saw from him last year. I think that he's fully capable of being a top 10 rusher in the NFL. He is, I think he's a playmaker. He was the Ravens' best offensive playmaker last year. And I feel good with Part him. Part of that was though, because they didn't have any other playmakers. Sure, but <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I you guess. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think, I kind of think it was the old scenario where like, if all your injured uh, wide receivers are injured, right? Somebody's got to catch the ball. And I, I kind of think there's a little bit of that effect. But then why, but why didn't year? the other guys, the other running backs, not have as much success? Danny Wood, well, I know he's a different player. Buck well, Allen didn't injured. have anywhere near that success. Terrence West well, didn't have anywhere near that. Buck Allen had his best year. He did have his best year, but he wasn't as good as Alex Collins. That's Terrence correct. West came into the year as a starter, and then I know he got hurt, but he didn't have yeah. a good no, season. Yeah, by I mean, stretch. Alex Collins outplayed the other running backs. I, yeah. I would agree with that. But I'm not, I don't think that... I'm also not going to say that Buck Allen and the other backup run and Terrence West are, are studs, all pros either. No. So I, that's why I say, like, I wouldn't be opposed to adding a stud, right? Kind of, I mean, look at the Saints last, last year. They had Mark Ingram, pretty darn good player. Yeah. Not like a great player, but a really good player. They go out and they draft, what's the guy's Alan name? Alan Kamara. All right, Kamara. And he's a freaking monster. Well, and then so, both of those guys end up I'm going okay to with that. both of those guys end up going to the Pro Bowl. So then you have two Pro Bowl yeah. running backs, right. which is a good position to be yeah. in. Also, the Ravens get Kenneth Dixon back this year, who you think is the I second like coming Dixon. of Adrian Peterson. <laughs> um, I like Kenneth Dixon too. I'll, I'll be curious to see if he can stay healthy and yeah. what he can do after multiple injuries. But I think that he has a lot of potential. And at the owners' meetings last week, John Harbaugh did say that his expectation is that Alex Collins will be the starter. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. I I shade a little bit more to towards drafting running back higher than I think you do, but generally I think we're, we're about on the same page. All right, here's another question. The big, Another big talking point this week, have you heard that the Ravens added a quarterback? No, you don't say. Yeah. What's they, his name? Yeah, uh, Robert Griffin. Ooh, the third the or third. the second? Yeah, his dad, his grandpa. <laughs> the first. So you're not the original? Yeah, the original. Um, no, Robert Griffin the third. the Ravens added him this week. Um, and so Ozzie Newsom announced, they kind of caught us all off guard during the pre-draft press conference. This hey, is his new thing. Yeah, yeah. Just announced some big... Right. A move at the start Super of a press shiny. conference. By the way, Ozzie Newsom stepping down next year. What? Yeah, exactly. By the way, we signed RG3. What? <laughs> <laughs> but that's when we all get our phones. You know, yeah. still listen, still listen on Twitter. Well, it was, it was funny during the presser because they announced that and then everybody kind of had that reaction. And then they had fans, PSL holders at the press conference. And so they announced that the media is stunned for a good 90 seconds. And they had to kick it off to the fans They're and like, say, all right, you guys got any questions? Because the media is just silent right now. Um, too busy tweeting. So, all right, with that said, here's an audio question from our friend Jason Corey. So it just came out today that RG3 is uh, coming to be more. I don't know quite how I feel about that. I think if he returns to form, you know, sure, why not? That'd be great. But do you think, obviously, the Ravens, Ozzy and John and all them are hoping he returns to his early form. But do you think uh, they're kind of hoping the succession plan is in place now? That do you think RG3 is young enough? If he does return to form, they got, you know, a solid backup option if they ever move on from Joe. All right, so... Thanks for the question, Jason. Uh, what do you think, Mink? Is the signing, the addition of RG3, 
an indication that the succession plan at quarterback is in place? No. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think uh, that RG3 right now is penciled in as Joe Flacco's replacement. Um, now, I don't, I don't, for the record, I don't necessarily think that RG3 is penciled in as Joe Flacco's backup. No, I would agree. Yeah, I, I think if the Ravens draft a quarterback uh, in the first two days, yeah. that guy has a very realistic shot of being Joe Flacco's backup and RG3. It's, it'll be a competition. Now, here's the thing, and we were talking about this yesterday, about whether the Ravens would carry three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? Which is something they've never done since Joe Flacco's been here. If the Ravens draft a quarterback on the first two days, I would expect that guy is probably going to be the backup. Yeah. But what if he comes in and he's terrible in the practice and preseason? He just ain't ready to be the backup. You're not going to cut that guy. You're not going to put him on practice squad. Uh-huh. You have to keep him. You draft him the first two days. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be three quarterbacks on this roster. Oh. Yeah. So, I, 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 think, I mean, I know this is a what if. It's a yeah. hypothetical. Like, that guy struggles and he clearly isn't ready right now. Right. Let's and say it's Lamar Jackson. Let's yeah. say it's Lamar Jackson, right? And he's like... You know, he's engaging or whatever, but he's just he's just not ready to be the backup right now. But in this scenario, as we're playing out hypotheticals here, let's take yeah. another line down the road here. Yeah. What you're kind of assuming is that RG3 is healthy and that he looks good and he's ready to be the backup. Yeah, you, you yeah, know, yeah, So yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of the you other know, part and, of the point. What I'm saying, right, exactly. Like, I think that there is a possibility that they could draft, keep three quarterbacks if things fell that way. Here's my thing about, anyway, back to the question yeah. originally about RG3, is... You know, I, I don't think right now that the Ravens view this as he's our future starting quarterback. No. Now, we've all seen how good RG3 can be. He can be really, really good. Would I say there's a 0% chance of him being a starter here one day? No. You know, maybe he comes in here and he's healthy. He's had a year off. He's had time to get healthy for sure. I mean, the knee hasn't been a problem in a while. The injury with the Browns was a shoulder. He got, yeah. I mean, suplexed. Like, yeah. got buried. Um and so the knee that we all kind of, you look at the, all the memes out there and it's, you know, his knee looking all awkward yeah, and all yeah. that stuff and Haloti Nada blowing him up and all that stuff. Like, he's beyond that. So if he can show that he's healthy, you know he can play. If he has that athleticism that he once featured in, in Washington, like, dang, all right, man, he's got potential. You look, you watch those highlights, you're like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, this guy took the NFL by storm as rookie year. So, you know, can he get back to that form? I think there's a chance that he can. And if and if he does, then who knows? Maybe it's some crazy Cinderella stories that it happens. Alex Collins. Mm-hmm. Look at Alex Collins. Who saw that coming? Here's why I like the signing. Because it is a low-risk, high-reward. Yeah, exactly. And the Ravens are not pouring a huge amount of money, right? I mean, it's reportedly a one-year, $1 million deal. Last year, Ryan Mallett made $2.5 million. It's about what we make. Yeah, exactly. Uh, over the course of uh, 50 Our years. <laughs> Combined. Um, but, uh, but no, in all seriousness, um, it's, it's a low-risk deal. So if, you, if he comes in here and he's not healthy or if he struggles and then you part ways with him, no loss. Exactly. Nothing's lost. Exactly. But, but, but and the, he, on the flip side, he comes in here and he looks really good and he reminds you and he shows those flashes of what he was in Washington in, in 2012. Then all of a sudden you say, all right. This guy could end up being a backup and potentially a starter if Joe were to get hurt. I right. mean, th- there is a this is a really good situation I think for the Ravens to be in. Yeah. Um, I know people are some some people are critical of the move because it's like, oh well, you know, he's he has he ha- he's, he's always injured. He hasn't been good in three or four years. He was out of football last year. Okay, all that's true. That's why he's getting a one million dollar contract. Right. That's why he's going for one million. Basically, right. the veteran minimum and. 
you have just you see what you can get out of him. You see yeah. what you can get. I like it. I like it a lot better than let's say Matt Schaub. Yeah. Who's backing up, you know, we brought in him a few years ago and you, you knew what his ceiling was mm-hmm. or whatever. Like RG three, maybe he has a lower floor, but the ceiling is a lot higher. Yeah, and Matt Schaub is making four and a half million dollars exactly. this year for the Atlanta Falcons. And I'm not actually sure that RG3's floor is much lower than Schaub. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Right. You know? I mean, the question is I mean, the health. He hasn't been yeah. healthy and can he stay but healthy? If he's when he's been on the field, he's been fine. Yeah. It's not like he's been god awful. Yeah, I, I I like the move. And so yeah. anyway. We but, oh, but also real real quick, both of us agree, and Ozzie Newsom said this during the press conference, the addition of RG three I don't think is gonna have any bearing on yeah. what the Ravens we're gonna, do in the draft. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. Yeah. We got another question here. Yeah, the we last question. My boy Shrikanth? Yeah. Shrikanth? Shrikanth. Shrikanth. My boy Shri. All right, Shri, his question is you guys are doing a great job of loving the information and the questions are being asked. Well, thank you, Shri. Uh, his question is about wide receiver. Why are we not targeting guys like Am- Danny Amendola and other small slot receivers? in free agency. Well, yeah, yeah. Amendola signed with Miami. Right, but, but just the big question, picture, these small slot, slot receivers, receivers, and also what do we think about the slot receivers in the draft? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Campanero is going to go, probably. It looks like he's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you look at who is your slot guy. Is Smokey Brown a slot? I mean, mostly he's played outside. I would say yeah. you know, Crabtree is not a slot receiver. Um, you know, at the time of taping, Ms. Decker is visiting the Ravens reportedly today. He's not really He's a not a slot, guy. yeah. Uh, so the Ravens do have a, a position open there. Um, now, maybe Chris Moore could work some out of the slot. Maybe that's uh, who's the other rookie kid that was lighting it up last year. The, oh, oh, Quincy Adeboyjo. Not Quincy Adeboyjo. Tim White. Oh, Tim, Tim White. White. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he can work out of the slot. I mean, there's an opening, another rookie. I don't think necessarily in today's NFL that your slot receiver has to be like this five foot ten guy, right? It doesn't have to be me out there running around. Uh, look at last year, Macklin was signed to be a slot guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not. He doesn't fit that that build of Danny yeah. Amendola or uh, some Michael of these guys. Michael Campanero, yeah, exactly, Michael Campanero. So, I I think. You can find you could probably plug and play a number of d- different dudes in there and not have any concerns. But with that said, somebody like a Campanero, that small, shifty, can really get open in small spaces. Small spaces. I think that the Ravens will consider some of those guys in the draft. I don't know if this is true, but I'm just curious if there's any feeling that maybe the traditional, maybe it's kind of what you're saying, the traditional slot receiver like a Campanero type player is not really what the Ravens need in this offense. If they really wanted. Yeah. that kind of guy, maybe they would have been more interested in, in keeping Campanero or going after Danny Amendola. Yeah. I don't know that to be the case, but yeah. but maybe that's something. That, as they go through this process, it's been clear that they've wanted to go through a big change in this receiver group. Just basically totally shift the room, yeah. have a completely new group. And maybe they don't feel like the s- traditional slot receiver is an imperative piece of that. Yeah, A lot of these draft wide receivers, according to the draft mix, the analysts, are Oh, this guy projects as a slot. Mm-hmm. Christian Kirk. Yeah. Even Ridley. Some you know people say works out of the slot. A lot of these guys outside of Cortland Sutton yeah. are like labeled as that. So you might be able to get one in the draft too. Yep. Uh, all right. So just to talk more draft here. Yeah. We're talking wide receiver right now. And I wanna I wanna ask you some questions. One being, who are you taking between Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore? At, so we're at 16. They're both there. Let's just say you're gonna. You have to take there. Yes. Um, I probably. That's a great question. I would probably take Calvin Ridley. 
Um, he was, based on all the projections, he was the top guy coming into the draft process, and he's taking a little bit of a hit. Didn't have a great combine, so I'm. St- so, but I go back to, and what it's what the Ravens always say: you trust the tape. And I think at the end of the season, he was regarded as the best wide receiver by pretty much everyone. Who um, watched the tape and watched college football games, right? right. And now suddenly he's he stinks. Um, <laughs> is, is is what people seem to be saying. Um, so I would probably take Alvin Ridley. I just I he's a guy that has been productive at Alabama. <laughs> he's got great speed. He runs good routes. I would take Ridley, and I, I think it's close though. Yeah. You agree? I'm going to go Ridley as well. Yeah. And I think the whole thing on Ridley has just been really funny. Like, I mean, you look at it on the surface, and uh, here's a guy that was considered head and shoulders the best wide receiver. Now, all of a sudden, he apparently doesn't do well at the combine. Yeah. He ran almost the exact same times. And DJ Moore did so great at the combine. He ran almost, they ran almost identical times. They both put up 15 inch press reps. Mm -hmm. Now, the big difference was in. Their leaping ability. Yeah, Ridley did not jump very high. Yeah, DJ Moore jumped very high. Yeah, right. and they're he the same good, size. Good broad jump too for DJ Moore. Yeah, they're the same size. Yeah. but I, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to flip flop two guys based on jumping. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I've seen I've seen the highlights. I've seen Crowell and Ridley climb the ladder and go up and make some ridiculous catches. Yeah, now these are his YouTube highlights. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, your favorite right. way to watch tape. It's kind of tape. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm not too worried about Calvin Ridley's ability to get up and make a play. I also think that, like, the Ravens have talked for years about, well, you know, we don't draft, generally speaking, high enough to get the best wide receiver on the board. Here's a chance to do it, mm-hmm. okay? For so- he's, but he's not, like, this prototypical guy or whatever, but now he's sliding. Like, to me, it checks so many boxes. Here's a guy that was regarded as a top 10 pick by most people. Uh, and everybody was saying you're going to have to trade up to get him. Now he's sliding for no good reason, and he could be available at 16. Sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Went to Alabama. Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Was the, is the best wide receiver in the class, best in the nation? Sure. Thank you very much. You have an obvious need at wide receiver. Check. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It makes sense in, on so many different levels. It checks so many different boxes that I'm just not going to knock the guy because he doesn't look like Julio Jones. Like, yeah. he, he's, his, Nick Saban says his work ethic is amazing. Mm-hmm. Great. Perfectionist said his craft. Yeah, I'll take that too. So I just think that people now have cold feet on Calvin Ridley, and I don't really think that it's for a good reason, and and that could even play into the Ravens' hands. Yeah, they could certainly benefit and be the benefactors of that. I think what this past few weeks has indicated, just based on the draft pundits, is that there doesn't seem to be a big separation from Calvin Ridley to DJ Moore. You know, and, and then the question is, is one of them, is say Ridley, worth taking at 16? I think that really this... The sweet spot, as we've talked about many times, is at the back half of the first round, mm-hmm. where if there's not a huge difference in DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley, they're kind of on equal footing in your mind. Can you add an extra pick, maybe an extra second or third round or something like that, and move back into the five spots? Right? Yeah, move back five spots. Maybe you miss on Ridley, but you get more and you added an additional yeah. pick. That's, yeah, I, I don't hate that scenario at all. That's that's where I think the Ravens may find themselves. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, are there any other... Wide receivers, later round wide receivers. A later round? Well, we could even say second I like, round, other I, second. And I've said not before I like Cortland Sutton. Now, I know he's in that same category, but maybe he's... But He could be available in the second. He could be available in the second. Um, you sound like you have someone in mind. I have a few people in mind. Yeah. Uh, I like this Florida kid, Antonio Callaway. Okay. Big off the field question marks. Yeah, yeah. Big yeah. off the field question. But a lot of talent. Yeah. A lot of talent there. I think it depends on how far he could slide. He could be a bargain. Yeah, I think you got to, obviously, for a guy like that, you got to do the homework. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's not just the football components, but you got to really 
figure out what those off the field, you gotta be good with those. Yeah. Deshaun Hamilton lit up the uh, Senior Bowl, did really well at the East Shrine game. Penn State kid was a once a big time prospect. Kind of a late, could be a late bloomer. I'm thinking maybe fourth round for him. You might see him on a seven round mock. All right, I'm taking notes here to see who you're going to take. I'm already thinking. Yeah, I do like Christian Kirk. Now that's probably a late first, early second kind of guy. I don't know that he gets there in second, maybe. But I kind of like his attitude, his toughness. I kind of like Christian Kirk. And here's two late, late round guys. Talking fifth to seventh. Auden Tate, Florida State. Okay. Pull up them you two highlights. Okay. Dude could be a beast. Richie James, Middle Tennessee State. Okay. I think he's he's a playmaker. All right. Electric kind of guy. Nice. I like that. Those yeah. are we're getting, kind of digging deep into the vault yeah. there. Yeah. You I, I love the draft. I so I like I like uh, looking at all these guys and their YouTube highlights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on. Tight end is a position that we probably haven't talked enough about. Because wide receiver we talked ad nauseum about. Yeah. But right now the Ravens don't have a pass catching tight end, traditional pass catching tight end on the roster. You can throw it to Nick Boyle, and he'll hurdle you. Hurdle yeah. you. But, but it'll be, it'll be a six-yard catch. Yeah, you don't want to throw it to him 100 times. Yeah. Um, so who do you like at tight end? Where do you think the Ravens need to target somebody? And do you think that they still need to sign a veteran pass catcher? Well, I'll answer the second question first. I don't love the options as the veteran pass catchers. You know, Mercedes Lewis, mm-hmm. eh. Um, mm-hmm. There's just not this great crop of... You know, yeah, if it can get that on, ship is sailed. If it can get on a in on a Gronk trade, sure. You know, now I'm interested, uh, yeah. but I don't think that's going to happen. So I think that the draft is, as it stands right now, going to be the most likely place for that. You know that I like Mike Jacecki from Penn State. I've said that a million times. I think he can be there in the second round, the middle of the second round. Um, he's really athletic. Um, I think he fits the mold of what you want in a pass catching tight end. I like the guys, the the top guys, Dallas Goddard. Uh, he's big. I mean, he looking at him, he kind of looks like a Crockett Gilmore. Um, I just like physically what he could bring. He's got good hands. Uh, but I think the challenge there is going to be he's also in that late first, early mm-hmm. second round conversation where you're also going to be looking at wide receiver. You're going to be looking at offensive tackle if the yeah. Ravens, you know. So it's going to be interesting where those, all those tight ends go. Because yeah. like those three guys kind of are generally regarded as the top three, yeah. being Gusecki, uh, Hayden Hurst, Goder. Goddard yeah. and Hayden Hurst, and what order they go in is going to be interesting. Yeah, so I, I think it would be, in a perfect world, the Ravens address, I think, tight end with the first or second pick mm-hmm. in this year's draft. First? Well, I don't think it's 16. I don't think it's at 16, but I think within the first or second pick, they will add a tight end. I'm giving I you think, a little. I, th- I think that they could go third. I know. I know you're taking your boy Gasecki in the second round. You don't have to. Just, oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. I, I know what you're doing. I'm not. I'm not necessarily locked in. Oh, that, you're locked in. It's you're penciled locked in. Penciled in. But I got the eraser handy. You're locked. That means. That means because I know you're who you're taking the first round. You're taking your boy Mike McGlinchey. You're not taking a receiver till the third round. We'll see how it all plays oh! out. Oh! <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. News breaking news here, folks. Garrett Downing's about to be public enemy number one. I. Is he well, going to take a while? You might not take one to the fourth. We'll see how this all plays out. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> finalized my mock by any stretch of the oh imagination. Oh boy! Uh, so do do the um, do the Ravens talking about tight ends and wide receivers? I thought this was an interesting conversation that we had with Eric DeCosta in our last pod. Is you know, do you have to stretch to pick those guys? Because generally speaking, the Ravens are stuck by best player available yeah. mantra, right? And all these wide receivers and stuff. They get drafted before the Ravens think they should get drafted. Right. right? So do the Ravens need to change, or, or do they stick with the tried and true? I think that they're going to evolve and basically 
make that shift. I think mm -hmm. that there's been a lot of talk of that. Eric talked a little bit more about that this week and just how these receivers are valued at these kind, at a high <laughs> level, um, and the league has moved in that direction. Mm -hmm. So I think that the Ravens probably recognize that. I mean, he's talking about it for a reason. So mm -hmm. I think that the Ravens are moving in that direction. Um, now he's it, not willing to spell that out and say that. Yeah, himself, yeah. I, I try to get him to say that. He said, "Yeah, I'm not yeah. necessarily but saying." He, at the same time, he also said, "We we're just not firing enough bullets at wide receiver." Yeah. Like, so in order to fire them, you're going to have to shift. Right, and you're not just going to fire those bullets in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. I mean, you're going to take guys earlier on. Right. Maybe you get lucky, and just because there is so much depth in that second and third round wide receivers that one of them fits and I, I guarantee that this is going to be the case when the Ravens do draft a wide receiver they're going to say just so happened he was the highest ranked guy on the board yeah exactly. oh, you know that's happening yeah that's how so, it and, and maybe that's right yeah. you know maybe there's so many guys in that area that one does slip through the cracks and get to them that they like a lot but yeah either I, way I think they, they might have to stretch it if that scenario plays out. You know, when we talk about best, you know, the other thing that I can't remember if it was Ozzy or what, I think it was Eric who said it during the pre-draft presser, there's a very good chance that the player that we pick, no, it will, the player that we pick at 16 will fill a need. Yeah. Will fill a need. He did say that as well yeah. during the presser. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be the best player available. It's going to be the best player available. Let's just say it's a defensive tackle who's the best player available for just talking about the board. Right. I think Steve Shotty laid out that it's not going to be a D tackle coming off yeah, the board. Yeah, Harp said, Harp said maybe a hoop. Maybe, 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 maybe a quarterback or a D tackle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, talking about quarterbacks and positions that are overvalued, mm -hmm. here's the big question. Do you think that the Ravens could draft a quarterback at number 16? I do. I, I do think that they could. You know, depends. This year's quarterback class is really deep. There's a lot of, there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in the first round. I mean, there's potential for five quarterbacks to be taken before the Ravens are on the clock at 16. The, that potential exists. Lamar Jackson before? Lamar Jackson would be, the, obviously, yeah. the fifth guy. Right. He could come off the board before. If there starts to be that run, um, there's going to be a run on the, t on the top five. You could have four top gone. Four. you got a four gone before you even get to the fifth pick. Um, but with that said, this is considered a really, really good quarterback draft. And so if you're thinking, all right, Lamar Jackson in most years, let's just use him as an example because he's the guy that would be there most likely at number 16. If you were to say in most years, he would be the best quarterback in the draft. But this is a weird year where you have – you have Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, who are also there. Baker Mayfield. I mean, you've got Josh two Allen. Josh Allen. You've got two the mo two most recent Heisman Trophy winners, and you've got two prototype three prototypical NFL big arm quarterbacks mm -hmm. in Rosen, Darnold, mm -hmm. uh, and Allen. So, my point is, if you feel like this is typically a guy, a Baker Mayfield or a Lamar Jackson, who would go in the top five, but if you have a chance to get him at sixteen then I think that there's a chance that the Ravens pull the trigger on a guy like that. I would agree. Yeah. I, I think that they could take a quarterback, and I think the most likely one to be there at 16 is Lamar Jackson. I don't think that Baker Mayfield's getting to 16. I don't think he's getting out of the top 10. I, I agree with and, that. And, and Josh Allen's interesting. I mean, I don't think he's getting out either. His arm, he did sit really well at the combine. His arm is special. Yep. Uh, he might be. Shooters. He could be number one overall. I mean, he that could, could be. Yeah, right. he totally could be. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's Buffalo in their elements. I think would like a strong arm quarterback to drive it through the snow. Um, yeah, I don't think he's getting out of the top five either. So I think Lamar Jackson is the most likely guy to be there at sixteen. And do you think the Ravens would, if he is there, 
you think that he is a guy that they could pull the trigger on? I do think that they could. I, I do mm-hmm. think that they could. I don't, but I don't think it's by any means a guarantee. You oh know, no, like, no. Like, like I think if it's if if you were having a guy, if Baker were there at sixteen, I think we might be having a different conversation. You think it's a guarantee? <sighs> I shouldn't say I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee. <laughs> I, I don't think it's a guarantee. But I, I think, think it's, it's higher. It's closer to the guarantee. Well. You know, on the spectrum. Um, Over 50-50. Let's nail this down. It's hard to, to, to kind of you break know it what? down. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say if Baker's there at 16, it's more than 50-50. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb. 60? 40? 70-30? Go 60. 85-15? I'm going to go 62% chance. 93-7? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, I do think that there's there's a chance that the Ravens were to dra- could draft one. At 16, I do. But I don't think it's a guarantee. Um, I've said, here's my feeling. One thing that has kind of moved in this direction for me over the past week or so, I would be surprised if the Ravens draft at 16. I think they could move up. Okay. I think they can move up. Um, I think that they will be definitely, if they don't move up, if they cut on the clock at 16, they're going to be waiting to see if the phone rings and if Lamar Jackson's there. You know, you have these teams that can be looking for the quarterback of the future. Even guys with yeah. proven, proven quarterbacks that are there. Drew Brees. Uh, the Saints could be looking for that guy. The Patriots could be looking for that guy. Patriots have a bunch of picks. So now if they're willing to move up from like a, you know, back of the first 216 and you add, let's say, a second round pick, mm-hmm. okay, I think the Ravens would be very happy with that. So I don't think they're staying at 16. You don't think they're staying at 16? I do 16. not think the Ravens will stay at 16. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think that they don't would prefer not to stay at 16. I think that they... And the past two years, that has been the case. But it just takes two to tango, and they haven't found the trade partner. Last year, reportedly, wanted to move up and take Marshawn Lattimore, uh-huh. but couldn't. Then they wanted to, the year before they wanted to move up and get Jalen Ramsey, couldn't, could, but weren't willing to agree yeah. to terms. Um, so, and I think this year, when you look at it, it, it might make most sense to move back. When you're talking about maybe you get your pick of Calvin Ridley or DJ Moore or your tight end or whatever, based on their needs, it seems like moving back makes the most sense. I think that's why a lot of it hinges on the quarterback that's available. Because yep. if Lamar Jackson is there and there's interest in him and there's these teams that aren't like picking at 17, but you have these these teams in the 20s, 23, 26, you know, in that range, then I think that's where you have the conversation that one of these teams says, okay, rather than wait around, if, if you're the Patriots, let's not wait and see if the Saints take him. If you want that guy, yeah. let's go get him. Right, right. All right. Well, with that said, a lot of good draft talk, and we will have a lot more, including some dark horse candidates. So, you know, what would be a shocking pick? And we also are working the phones to get some well-known draft experts on the podcast yes, in the next big week. Names. Big names with bigger hair than me. Yes. <laughs> there's a little hint. Yeah, there's a little hint. So, with that said, let's bring in an old friend. Now, this guy might not be as big a name as some of those other guys, but to our listeners, he's a big name. It's big. Yeah. Cream of the crop. We're bringing in the common man. All right, so common man, thanks for coming back, first of all. Pleasure to be here. Always. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Look at that. I don't know if we've thank applauded you, for you. any other guests that we've ever had yeah, on Yeah, well, the common man sets the new bar. We you know, Eric Tocasso. Yeah. Here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's true. You guys bring me on for all the important stuff. Yeah, serial draft. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. uh, Before we get to that, though, we were just having some good dra- draft conversation. Who do you think the Ravens should take at number 16, if they stay at 16? Yeah, I'm not going to even attempt to answer that question. Really? Uh, no comment. And no comment. No comment. We just got big times. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. 
you know, I, I make a pick every year, as you guys know, when we're here for draft, and I don't think I've ever hit on it. You and me um, are the same. Yeah, exactly. I'm a lot like <laughs> I don't know how to uh, evaluate players. So uh, what I will say is, you know, I think that the fans, and even myself included at times, get really caught up with need. Um, and, you know, it seems like lately the position of need has always been wide receiver, and fans expect, because that is the position of need, the Ravens to use their first round pick or their first pick on that position. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that that gets overblown a little bit. So I'm a big fan of best player available. In the first round? Across the board, but especially first first round. You know, best player available. (laughs) You know, I think that you need depth at every position. Last year we took Marlon Humphrey and, you know, it looked like a really strong, you know, really deep position group. And then you get injuries, guys go down, Jimmy Smith goes down at the end of the year. And all of a sudden, you know, where would we have been without Marlon Humphrey? So I say position of need um, is overvalued, and I think best player available is still a strategy. So I just would like them to do that. Nice. All right. There you go. I like it. Diplomatic. All right. So now the important stuff. The important stuff and why we really brought you in here is to be the judge of the first ever cereal draft. Done the cookie draft. Done the pizza draft. Done the Thanksgiving draft. Done the travel draft. All of which I've won. I'm undefeated. Have you won one of these? Uh, I'm undefeated. (laughs) Never won. Cereal. (laughs) And to kick this off, as we always do, we play rock, paper, scissors to decide who gets the first pick. Yep. And uh, just, we have a list of 10 cereals here. Yes. And you have rated the cereals? I have. On a 1 to 10 scale? I have. All right. So there will be, he will be the overall judge. Whoever gets the most points wins. All right. Correct. Cool. All right. Rock, paper, scissors. Here we go. Don't look at my board, dude. I got my board right here, you cheater. Jeez. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. <laughs> ah, come on! I, I can never beat you at rock, paper, scissors. Just, Unbelievable. You are a paper guy. Yeah. You are so a paper guy. Yeah. I'm a rock. You go rock. You're a paper guy. This is so you're rock. You're rock-headed you're is what just, you are. You're yeah. just soft. But just for God, the I almost went scissors. All right. All so right. with the first pick and the first ever annual inaugural cereal draft, I'll go ahead and take the easy one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I mean, this is... That's tough. an example right there. Best player available. Best player available, that's, that's yes. Tough, that's uh, a tough I like one. that. Yeah, I mean, everyone can agree with that. Number that's one overall. One. All right, number two. I'm going with a personal fave. Fruity Pebbles. Oh, my God. I love Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> oh, my God. This is... This is... This is another... I love Fruity Pebbles. You know, Mink, I've got to say, I've done a bunch of these drafts with you, and... <laughs> I, you know, I just like that you stay true to your heart. Yes. You don't really try to win the draft. You yeah. just go with what you like. <laughs> that's it doesn't work good, out for is you. Is that not a good sign? <laughs> is that not a good sign for me? It's not a great pick. That <laughs> is a terrible pick. All right, go ahead. That's Dan. like when you took a Hawaiian pizza. All right, All right, just make your pick. All right. Let's go. Time's long. Number, number two here, and I feel great about this one, Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, that's an awful pick. Just <laughs> Honey Nut Cheerios. I feel great that about is Honey Nut Cheerios. This is the best I got a steal. I got a steal. I got a steal. Best with my s- second pick, I'm going Captain Crunch. That's that's a, a good pick. A classic. I'll go Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. I'll go peanut butter. This is this is just traditional Captain Crunch, but I'll take any of the three. Yeah, it's I amazing. Mean, I oh like Captain I Crunch. I can't believe I just got that with the fourth pick. That's unbelievable. All right, Honey Nut Cheerios. I had them eighth. Eight. Here, here's well, that's because you're an idiot and you just took Fruity idiot. Pebbles number one. You so, are so what you're saying you're doesn't really matter. You're All terrible. Right. Number three, I'm taking Lucky Charms. Ew. Lucky Charms. Ew. No. See, here's the problem with Lucky Charms. They get a 
The only good part of that is the marshmallows. Yeah, and there's like and a million two, of them no, in there. No, there's too few and far between. The cereal gets soggy super fast and is bland. The cereal itself has no flavor. Here's a question. Would you eat Lucky Charms? Would you prefer Lucky Charms if it was just the marshmallows? Yeah, you can kind you, of pick around no, it. You, you need to have a little bit of, of cereal See, I agree with that. You I have think to have that a little bit, the but, oats, but... The oats are an important factor. But there, there's definitely not enough marshmallows. The oats just get soggy and there's too many of them. All right, here's the other question about Lucky Charms. Do you eat it all or do you save the marshmallows for the end? Well, that goes... That's why... It's a balance. You need a good balance in each okay, bite. You, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah, I agree with that. All right, next. Can't believe I got this again. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. I'm going with my third pick, Cookie Crisp. <laughs> cookie Crisp. I love oh, Cookie That crisp. might be the worst cereal of all time. Are you serious? Cookie Crisp is yeah. terrible. Cookie Crisp is great. That's terrible. Cookie Crisp is so good. You yeah, draft You draft like a four-year-old. You like Cookie <laughs> Crisp and Fruity Pebbles. Who likes the healthy cereals? You go with the unhealthy cereals. These are the only good ones. You go with Cookie Crisp Here's and Fruity Pebbles and your top three picks. Yeah, it's just a terrible. And Catholic Crunch. I, oh my God, I have great picks here. All right, so it, it just to continue the domination here, to continue the domination, I'll go ahead. I'm just shocked I'm getting this. I'll take another great cereal, Frosted Flakes. You're an idiot. I'll take God, another great one. You're such an old man. This goes to you. <laughs> this, is, this is you in a nutshell. You're an old man. Frosted Flakes. In a 30 year old's body. I mean, here, you're com- a here comes the ra- Here comes the Raisin Bran pick for me. No, yeah. hell yeah. no. I'm going Honeycomb. How, what's the Honeycomb slogan? How do they say it? It's like that little gremlin guy. Yeah, I know really what he sure. looks like, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't eat a lot of Honeycomb growing up. Honeycomb is great. Uh, it's okay. It's really good. It's, uh, it's not a terrible cereal, but it's also... It's very good. When there's other options that, you know, I don't know. It's very good. Yeah, Honeycomb, here's the issue with Honeycomb. It's, there's not enough... It's, it's too airy. It's too airy. It's too it's, airy. It's too airy. There's not enough kind of meat behind each bite. T- you bite into, you, you know, bite into it, you, and there's you know like nothing there. Of, you know what you're the king of right now in this draft? Well, you know what? I'll finish. You know, I I'll would finish. say that my, my, well, critique, my critique of honeycomb is that they're too big. Is you it? can only get like one or two on a spoonful. You have a small mouth. I clearly, listeners to this podcast know, have a big mouth. Yeah, you just talk way too much. All right, this is the last pick, and uh, we only picked 10 cereals here. The the final two options are Smacks and Raisin Bran. We put Smacks on there, and I'm going to go ahead and take Smacks with my final pick. It's an interesting one. You were hating on me. You were hating on me. Not a good cereal. Uh, You were hating on me for my options here, and you're going to end up with Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran's a great cereal. That's terrible. It's a good cereal. If you want to talk about old man cereal, Raisin Bran is the ultimate old man. (laughs) All right, so just as a final recap here, I've got Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Honey Nut Cheerios, Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes, and the old finale, Smacks. Ew. I seriously think I dominated this. I have Fruity Pebbles, Captain Crunch, Cookie Crisp. Gosh. Honeycomb. I seriously have... Four of my top five. Yeah, but again, I seriously have four of my top five. The only one I didn't get a Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Unlucky and I finished for, with Raisin Bran, which was Unlucky for you, I am the judge and the jury of this little contest, as I always You're am. You're an idiot. Which is why I like it. So I'll go idiot. through my top ten. Okay. And <laughs> as always, it was a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> another L. Nick takes another Garrett L. Garrett has my terrible. top four picks. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> Ew! What so, number one, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think, do we all agree that yeah. Cinnamon Toast? Yes. Would you have taken I, that one, I, bro? That's number one. I think that that's, I yeah, that's a unanimous that's choice. Number two, Honey Nut Cheerios. Yep. And you here's are, why. You guys are so, here's, you guys are so dumb. I've lost all respect for that. No, no, no. Let me explain myself. Honey Nut Cheerios. 
Something that I value extremely high with cereal is the ability to eat multiple bowls. One bowl of cereal, <laughs> yeah, one bowl of cereal is not enough. There's always got to be a refill. You got a little extra milk. You want to put a little more cereal in there. Yeah. So, Honey Nut Cheerios is great for that because it's the healthiest of all. Yeah, it's surprisingly healthy and it tastes delicious. You just, so you can literally <laughs> it doesn't eat. Taste delicious. Yes, it does. You no, can no, eat an entire only, box of Honey Nut Cheerios and not feel bad about yourself. It only tastes delicious. You know what's the best part about Honey Nut Cheerios is that you can put fruit in it. You put some strawberries in there. You always got to find a way to, to make things a little weird. banana. Yeah, yeah why can't weird? you just enjoy <laughs> That's a That's the only good part about Honey Nut Cheerios. All right. Number three, Lucky Charms. Yeah. God, I don't know. The, the hate for Lucky Charms coming out of your mouth is disturbing. It's, it, it, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's He didn't get it, and so he's trying it's to like good. feel. It's just not that good. He wanted it. I took the pick from him, and he's trying to justify I, his I terrible draft. I seriously have Lucky Charms at number seven. It's just not that good. It's a top five. I mean, I think you no. guys omitted a few good cereals here, but it's a top five for 90% of America. Yeah. yeah. America's dumb. Four, Frosted Flakes. Yeah, another I'm, classic. God, you got it. It's a classic. Yeah. Five. Mink six. finally gets on the board at five with Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain that Crunch is a great two. cereal. It's a great that cereal. Was actually, I actually switched my number two and three at the last minute. I had Captain Crunch at two and Fruity Pebbles at three, but I, I just wanted some Fruity Pebbles really bad. Yeah, it was a dumb. I, I do like Captain Crunch a lot, and I had Fruity Pebbles at six, which I also do like. It's not a bad a cereal. cereal. Yeah, but not it's just your first pick. When you come at this list, I mean, th- having that as your first pick was... Tra- I don't know. Tragic. It, was, it was bad. Uh, number seven, honeycomb. Number eight, smacks. smacks number nine, eight? cookie crisp. I, Are I, you serious? I yeah. Cookie crisp at number nine. I despise cookie crisp. Why? I think it's a terrible cereal. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. It just there's nothing to right. it. It's you know just, if you, you know want what? a cookie, you have a cookie. You know, you, you don't know need what? to have it as cereal. Yeah, but what do you do with the cookie? You dip it in milk, right? Sometimes this is what a warm this cookie. is what cookie a warm crisp, cookie is. But, but Not a cookie crisp cookie. is essentially taking the worst cookies. possible store brand chocolate chip cookies and putting putting them in milk. Yeah, like it's just not good. And there is literally only one cereal in the world that is worth worse than cookie crisp, and that's raisin bran. <laughs> it's disgusting. Look, look, I don't like raisin bran all that much either. But I got boxed in the pick because once again we didn't do snake drafts, which is the only logical way to handle this. Why one. was raisin all right, bran so on the list? Once again, Garrett. <laughs> is in cahoots with the judge, the common man, and you two spend way too much time together. You're always at each other's house eating cereal, so I should have known the board was stacked against hey, you. Hey, I had no idea what I had no idea what the rating system was, but it's another win for me, and you just continue and to And so me. we'll have to turn this to the fans and your emails. Please send us your emails and be the comment, be the, the voice of reason here. The lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Let us know who won the cookie. Oh, not the cookie. The cereal. I was thinking cookie, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking cookie Chris. The cereal draft. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Send in those emails, and we will talk with you again next <sighs> week, and we hope to get some great guests oh. on the pod. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>